0: One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health.
1: Hi, Hidely hodely neighbors, it's a Monday after a weekend of no Bills football, but my oh my, were there some developments in the AFC conference. Hello everyone.
0: It
2: is a whole new world.
1: Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on One Bills Live. And before we dive headlong into what has shaped up to be an even more interesting AFC conference race, Steve, there are some uh, personal items you wanted to get to today. Oh, no, I, go- we can't, This was a great weekend because, like yesterday,
2: bright, sunny day, no Bills game. Although there were some, you know, some important games you wanted to catch. Saturday was a horrible day. But Sunday, yesterday, so we finally got out and got the tree. And I usually don't do this, but we have this place we go to. Usually we go out and we... <clears throat> Chop it down yourself. Right. Tree this, farm. Which is kind of a... Go to a tree farm. Yeah, and it's a Western New York tradition for no. a lot of people. Not everybody is, you know. And we have also, as a backup, we have a big, natural-looking fake tree that we only get out in emergency situations, like, you know, can't get out, weather's bad, so you, dang, right? Got got to do it, right? But yesterday was a beautiful day, so we go out made the bold move. <clears throat> Usually you go out and you traipse around the countryside, you go to the farm and you got like, you know, a thousand and two thousand trees to choose from, and you got and you got a saw in your hand with the missus and or whatever. Gaggle other, of taskers. Right, tra- whatever whatever part along? of yeah, whatever part of the clan happens to be <laughs> tagging along with us. So <clears throat> yesterday was just my bride and I and I've never done this before. Oh. Never done it before. But the place we went had some already cut, standing up. They got them standing up, right? Like, Are
1: they pre-wrapped
2: already? Or no. no, they're not pre-wrapped, so you can see what they look like. Yeah, yeah. Their, they're already cut. That's kind of we, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go in, and <laughs> she said something about it, but she she let it go. She goes, like, I don't get a say. Like, I saw it. Oh, you just picked it. I saw it. Got, Unilateral decision. It took, us, it took us literally 10 minutes. Uh, that's the one. That No, that's the one right there. I'm not going to waste any there was, time there sawing. There were like, there were like two or, other three or three other trees right there within a 30-foot radius. But, they, you know, was, that's it. That's the one. We were out of there. Plus, we got a little something other that were hanging on the front porch, that kind of thing. We were They're out of, of there a, in a literally 20, 25 minutes. Wow. Tops. Tops. The guy wrapped it for us on top of the truck, tied down, let's go. Back home. It, we were go- We were out the door, back in the door in an hour. So much, and it was a 20-minute drive so to the much place. So for making a day of it. And I absolutely <laughs> – right? T- I absolutely so – I've never done it before because I just kind of th- – I said, listen, no, hunt, that's it. That's the- No, no, that's the one. That's the one. She goes, well, whatever, let's go to – no, that's – no. Come yeah. On. And she's like, "Like, I don't get a say. I'm like, Hunt, like you that. did have a say. You had this one or that one. That's the one. <laughs> she's like ah. – I get it. She goes, well, I'm going to go in and see if there's something yeah. inside. On her. So she did. And I'm telling you, man, that's – it may be the only way to go. Yeah, we because have you you've had you've had to have had experiences where you go out there and it's like,
1: right? <sighs> we we haven't cut down a tree in a long time. We've gone fakie fakie for a long stretch here. Well, primarily because um, of pet issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Right, and but we before we had pets. And before we had kids, my wife and I went out to a local tree farm and we're like, all right, we'll get there, you know, because we're both trying to meet up and then shoot out there after work. This is when we were working an ungodly amount of hours. Right. So she gets caught at work. I get caught at work. We race home. We hop in one car. We get to the tree farm. Instead of getting there at 5, we get there at about 545. We then find out upon arrival, the tree farm closes at (laughs) 6.
2: Oh, it's not a bad move though.
1: So at that point I look at her, I go, Start the clock. Are we doing this? She's like, Let's do it. So we are literally we're like Julie Andrews in the sound of music. We're <laughs> running, running, through, running the through the hills, you know, we're not escaping to alive, Switzerland, right? but you know, right. we're and I'm running with a saw in my hand, which is probably not the best idea either. Um, you know, and I'm like, we just gotta find one. One that we like. That's all we got to do. We got 15 minutes. We chop it. We get back. You know, it's getting dark. You know, this, you know, and we did, we did find one and, you know, we were able to carry it back in time. But yeah, that was the last, (laughs) last time we we did it. We're like, why did we just do that to ourselves? It's interesting. That was not the least bit enjoyable. We were on the clock. Once you go fakey, fakey, it's hard to go back.
2: It is. Because there's something about just going out, whooping that thing out. And you know they're all because you can just fluff them up a little bit. You know, you bend them out. It looks great. Yep, fits perfect. Presto change. And do you have the one where you just plug it in? Lights are already on. No, I see. I I got that. String it up. Let me tell you something.
1: Yeah, I know. We have a second. We have a second smaller tree in our uh, TV room, Uh, and that one is strung up with lights, and it's literally three pieces. It unfolds. Yeah, same with <laughs> the us. The lights are there. Right, it's like a big and Plug it in. Done deal, Lucille. It's like, yeah. It's the, like the opposite of the Grinch in this, you yeah. know, just, the... It's the fake just tree sh- that we up have like an umbrella. In, the, in the living room that sits in the bay window in the front of the house. You can see it from the street. You know, that whole deal. Right. That was the same tree I had when I was a teenager in my parents' house. Because they gave, they gave up. They are like, hey, if you want it, you can have it. I was like, oh, I'll take it. And we still use it now. It's crazy. But... My problem this weekend dealt with my dog, who I know on on several occasions, I have told you, is a sweetheart, but dumb as a box of rocks. So we came to learn something about our dog this weekend, Friday, I think it was, or Thursday into Friday, because I wasn't home when this happened. I I leave the house to go to uh, New England on Wednesday afternoon. And my wife is not gonna get home until about eight PM because of commitments after work. So we solicit some help to, you know, take our dog out right. around six, let him run around let yeah. her run around a little bit, get her some dinner. Absolutely. And then my wife will be home an hour and a half later. This was, if you remember, last Wednesday, a super windy oh, yeah. day. Yeah. Now our dog doesn't like thunderstorms, as most dogs do not. Unbeknownst to us, apparently she doesn't like it when it's windy either and the windows are rattling. So we keep her in a mudroom, door closed, and there's plenty of room for her to romp around and, you know, at least not feel confined in any major way. Plus, it's the warmest room in the house. My wife comes home, and our six-panel door that leads to the kitchen is shredded on one side. You would have thought... You would have thought not somebody took a power tool, not just clawing like (laughs) you would have thought a beaver had a half an hour with this door. Oh, my God, it was. And here's the best part. My dog is short three teeth. Like we had (laughs) to get a tooth extracted right after we adopted her because there was an abscess and she's missing two other teeth. So even though she's devoid of three primary teeth, including a canine. You would Good have thought she was a cousin of the beaver. What are you doing? Because one side of the one like the bottom left that's corner right. of the door was unrecognizable. Like really? no finish left on it. We're about an inch in to the width yeah. of the door. Really? Just going to that's town. A, on that's it. rough,
2: man. You got a put pet you can't live, leave alone. Because she
1: know? my wife takes a picture. Now I'm in New England. She said, uh, came home to this. And I was like, "Oh, geez, that's really bad." So I said, "Well, you know, when I get home, let me see if I can sand it down, you know, and maybe restain it." And she goes, "Oh, you're not doing that." I said, "Well, then the picture is not doing the damage justice right now." So I come home, you know, Friday. And there's wood. Thursday night, there's wood out of the doors into Friday morning. She had to vacuum up the shavings. Oh my gosh, and the splinters. (laughs) I don't know how my dog does not have like (laughs) splinters in her gums. From the damage she did. Yeah. So, long story short, the door's got to be replaced. There's no, there isn't a carpenter on this planet that can make it look like a six panel door. Again. Yeah. Well, there you so go. So now, now, so now I'm thinking about well, that thing you were thing. telling me the Thunder Jacket. Like, <laughs> Do it's I have to get a thunder, thunder jacket, jacket for this dog now to make well, him windy. feel... Yeah, but you got to know when do you put that thing on. You don't know... know, Anytime it's windy. Do you know how often it's windy right. around here?
2: May, anytime you leave the house, though, because it might get windy when you're gone. Oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, uh, yeah. So now i got to get a new door. And, I, you know, my, my, i got family coming in, in a couple of weeks, and so i got to find a yeah. door, like get a door, no, stain a door, yeah, a door, hang a door. you
2: got to go... Yeah, You'll, there's places you can get them, though. That'll be good. You'll be fine. <sighs> be
1: fine.
2: Well, you know what? Let me just say this. Ten times easier to just go get a door, slap it on the hinges, and go than it is to go out, take that door off, take it out in the garage, oh, yeah, restain, I'm not and I'm say, not "Oh, forget that. it." No, even if even no. it was possible to save it, yeah, you know what I mean? Come on, man.
1: All right, so let's get to the AFC conference race. Now that we've shared our uh, trials and tribulations of the weekend, who's at the top of the who's at the top of the conference, Brownie? Uh, this just in: it's the Buffalo Bills Your at nine and three after they got an untold amount of help yesterday. From the likes of the Vikings, the 49ers, and the Bengals. Uh, not to mention whoever the heck beat the Titans. It was, oh yeah, it was the Eagles. The Eagles. Um, so the Bills beat the Patriots. That obviously helps them. And then Kansas City falls to Cincinnati. And we'll get more on that game in just a second. Baltimore wins by an eyelash. 10-9 to over Denver, but they lose Lamar Jackson to a knee injury. And we'll get into that also. Jets lose to the Vikings. Let's let's start with this game, Steve. Okay? It's 27-22 with 4 minutes left to play. Jets have the ball in Vikings territory and we know the Vikings defense is nothing to write home about. They're 31st in the league. Okay? 31st in the league. Mike White marches him down. It's 4th and goal and they get in. To make it twenty seven twenty two. They get the ball again with like three or four minutes left, and they're in Vikings territory again. They can't get it in the end zone. So there's one fifty three left, and the Vikings have used all their timeouts and to stop you know, to stop the clock fearing right. that they were gonna get scored on and would need the time. The Vikings then have an abomination of a series, Steve. Did you watch this game? I did not. I couldn't I didn't watch it. Steve, there's 153 left, and I realized the Jets had all three of their timeouts. They took 13 seconds off the clock and had to punt again. the Vikings. Let me say. So the, the Jets get a second crack at it with 146 left, no timeouts, and they're right around midfield. And Mike White. Throws a pick on fourth down. They didn't give him that touchdown right there? They did give him that one. That's what made it 27-22. All right. And then, you know, Mike White moves them deep into the territory there, but they couldn't score on a fourth and goal. Braxton Berrios drops it in the end zone, can't hold on to it. And then they get the ball back again at the end of the game. And And Mike White throws a pick over the middle. It ends eerily similar to the way the Bills game ended. Uh, against the Vikings, the Vikings have got a horseshoe tattooed on them somewhere. On both butt cheeks, right or, or now. Maybe on the yeah, on
2: the yeah, maybe on the inside. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable how lucky they are. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm just gonna say. I, I'm this. not saying. I I know it's a tough league. It's hard to win. In the Vikings, their luck is gonna run out. Well, and when it the runs out, luck. they
1: are gonna they are gonna go down like a flaming arrow. Well. Their defense isn't good enough to win in the playoffs. They are absolutely the luckiest team in the NFL. They'll be bounced quickly in the playoffs on the NFC side of the ledger, I presume, because their defense just flat out isn't good enough. They're getting takeaways at the exact opportune moments, and I guess they deserve credit for that. But, yes, luck has definitely been on their side. In their defense, luck was not on their side last year when I think they lost six one-score games, including two on a final kick of the game. So it's completely done a 180 for the Vikings, and they have all the luck in the world this year. I am going to say this about Mike White, okay? We talked about him last week after he threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against a bad Bears defense. He throws for over 300 yards again yesterday. He makes the Jets' offense functional, which is more than you can say about Zach Wilson. Here's the problem, okay? And this is why you can – If you have a good defense, you can successfully defend against Mike White. The man does not have an improvisational bone in his body. Oh, really? His execution is tied directly to the script. If the play unfolds as it should, he can make his reads, he can deliver the ball, and he can make plays for you. As soon as he has to do something off script or the first or second option is not there and he's running out of time and the pocket's collapsing, Mm -hmm. it is almost disaster-like on every single play. He is much like Mac Jones and Jared Goff, who the Bills have played in the last two weeks. He is not a second reaction player. When the initial play is done, all hell's breaking loose. And so if I'm the Bills this week, I am shutting off that first read every single time, and I'm giving my D-line a chance to not even you don't even have to hit him. You just got to squeeze that pocket down, and it, he's going to be inconsistent. Now the Vikings could not do that yesterday for God knows what reason. Maybe because they're just not very good. Because um, as I'm looking at it now, they're, they're actually well, they're 18th in sacks per play, so they're not that good. Um, whatever the point is. After watching Mike White start to finish yesterday, I've come to the conclusion that he is a scripted thrower, rhythm passer, pocket guy for the most part. He can move around a little bit, but no better than Mac Jones. And if he has to improvise, that's when problems surface. Well, I mean, that's – yeah, we'll see. Um, It'll
2: be interesting to see how the Bills come into this game health-wise Will Deion Dawkins be back on the field? Will uh, Her- uh, Jordan Phillips? Yeah. Be, what's his status? What's his status because he left he's the important. game late.
1: Some people might not have seen this. They might have gone to yeah. bed already. Uh, on the <laughs> on the Patriots' last possession, he's chasing Mac Jones, fifteen years old, you know, running around. Yeah, he dies. He dies and tries to cut at his ankles with his arm, and lands awkwardly on his shoulder. In doing that and was on the field for a while and they brought him off and, you know, he was diagnosed with a shoulder injury. Coach McDermott's supposed to address the media this afternoon after we're off the air. So we'll see if there are any updates on him. Um, But he landed awkwardly and he laid there for about 10 seconds um, after he fell down because 340 pounds on a shoulder like that, that's not going to feel good. So, it's unfortunate that that happened because that that four man defensive tackle rotation has been downright menacing the last few games. Hold so, on, hold on, I'm a professional here. Yeah. Um and now one guy is dinged, which is a little unfortunate. Uh so we'll have to see. Like are they going to have all four guys up this week? If not, you know, what are you doing? Are you turning to CJ Brewer on the practice squad? Do you have to elevate him to play? So we'll we'll see what happens yeah, I, as we get I into the Jordan, week. I think Jordan,
2: I think Jordan's a really important cog up there. Really important. Yeah, I would agree. And but I think the Bills, that's sitting here where they're at now, I think they're starting to crescendo. Right at the end of last season, when they won four straight to get in the playoffs, win the division, uh, they were the healthiest and playing the best offensive football of anybody in the league, and and we saw it uh, at the end of last season. They're starting to do that again this year. Certainly, the, they've played one of the top two or three hardest schedules in the National Football League. They've been as injured as any team, if not more so, than most teams in the National Football League. And they're 9-3, and th- and the number one seed, headed into the last five games of the regular season. I almost feel like it's almost too soon to be that good right now, right?
1: they yeah. um, well, are getting close now. It's a
2: long stretch, but yeah. I think this is a point of the season where this is where they've got a chance to put their foot on the gas and go. These next two games, we talked about it before the New England game, how crucial these games are, these next two in particular. And then they've got Chicago, then Cincinnati, then New England. They've got a chance to really shift gears. Now, they're, they're in a tight race, but man, oh, man. If they well, get healthy now, in their hands. right? If they get healthy they now, did you, what did you make it to of this? You know, you we're talking about getting to the point where you were like it at the end of the season, where they were a year ago, and all of that, and how this team is now crescendoing at the end of you know stretch run. What did you think of the commentary that uh, we heard from the broadcast group? Was it was it uh, who was our broadcast? Group? It was uh, Al Michaels. Al Michaels. And and Herb, and Herb Herb Street. Herb Street where they talked to Josh Allen about Ken Dorsey and how they're getting to a place where they're better and better now. I thought it was pretty interesting how it seemed like Josh and Ken Dorsey as well acknowledged that they had some things to learn about each other as they got deeper into the season, and now they're getting better and better. What would you make of that?
1: I thought it was really uh, I, interesting. I think it's a natural evolution thing because while they know each other intimately, having worked together for the better part of the last three years, they did not work together from a play-calling capacity. And so I think that had to be learned between the two of them, because while Ken, through osmosis, may know what Josh likes in terms of play selection based on what he has communicated to Dable and Dorsey in the headsets or in film sessions, Josh probably doesn't know what Dorsey likes when he wants to attack or where he likes to take a shot play. Right. Like, we came to understand that if the Bills had the ball between the 40s, somewhere in that series, Brian Dable was calling a shot play. Right. It was like, mark it down. It's going to happen. There's going to be a shot play here somewhere where they take a shot down the field, and inevitably it would happen. I think that's a small example. Like, that's how much we knew Dable after four years of calling the plays here. Right. I think it's the same thing between Josh and Dorsey because he says, you know, hey, what do you like here? I like this, but what? Why'd you call that? Like, well, I'm calling it because of this and A, B, and C. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, that's the feeling out, right? That I think the two of them had to have, yeah. and you can't really have that until you're you have games to review and go, hey, why did you call that there? Like, what were you thinking? Yeah, because on once and you eight? get in the driver's seat,
2: like Ken Dorsey did at the beginning of this year, you know, at the start. Now that you're starting to learn, there are certain things that. Change for you when you're actually the guy calling it because there are certain things that get thrown at you, information that you see and have to make a decision about that become more important all of a sudden. Like for instance, you're right, Dayball used to call those shot plays like between the four once a series. Like I mean clockwork. Like you're going for it. And I I don't think Ken Dorsey sees that the same way, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter because you can be productive and, and hit big plays no matter what.
1: The irony of that is he finally called one against New England, but it came back on the penalty it was right between the 40s and he called the shot play there
2: and Josh had Gabe Davis behind him as well and that ball got and Gabe couldn't pick it up it went over his head out of bounds could have been a better throw could have been you know it was there though right so they called two of them one of them hit on a and a meaningless holding call brought it back you're right maybe they're getting to that point more now and i think one of the things about calling shot plays is that it works best when you call that play, and both of you think it's a good idea, you know what I'm saying? Well, as a play
1: caller, it's it's your responsibility to call plays that your quarterback likes a lot. Right. It's more now, than just call. That's the play not going to It's not going to be every play. Right. But you sh- You probably should not call a play that, on a scale of one to ten, your quarterback doesn't think is a seven or higher. Right. But it's
2: it's one of those things that call the right play, but. Call the right play, play that your quarterback likes, that's a given. Calling at the right time yeah, is the is the, is the the quintessential, like, yeah, got him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you anticipate a coverage you're going to get from personnel and shifts.
1: Yep. And you say, okay, here it is. Kind of like Dorsey and Allen did in the Detroit game on the last series. Dorsey right. put that play in on Wednesday for that Thursday game. And sure enough, they get that coverage on the last series, and he called With the play. less than a minute to go. Yeah, I boom, mean, it was, it. that was the time to call it, and they executed. Um, yeah, I, I I get that. I think, as we discussed last week on Friday, though, Steve, this is an offense that is also trying to diversify itself on the fly in season. Because for the last three years, yes, the passing game has carried this offense, and there are times where I wonder – if Coach McDermott was, and I don't know this, I'm just guessing here, there were times where I wondered if Coach McDermott thought there was too much passing. To the point where, you know, their their play calling was a little out of whack. They were still winning football games. And then what happened down the stretch? The last four weeks of the regular season, there was a change, and the Bills were like second or third in the league and rushing. Over the last month of the season, yeah. they go into the postseason and they're virtually unstoppable because people are looking at their last four games going, holy crap, I thought we had to stop Josh Allen. What the hell is this running game here? That's right. And, that's, and I think they're trying to recapture some well, of that now. The reason is because of
2: the perception of your offense by the defenses you're facing. It sets you up for a game like they had in Kansas City last January where they, they're like going, OK, we're, we're not going to let them, you know we're not going to let them run us like they did last, you know, we're not going to do that. And all of a sudden it's like, who cares? We're going to kill you with Gabe Davis catching four touchdowns right. and judging. I mean, it really changes the perception that defenses have about your team when all of a sudden you're in this stretch run and you're handing it off and killing people with it. That's well, that, a
1: crusher. Yeah. And that's my point. I think they're trying to diversify their offense in the same way. Yeah. Right now. And it makes some like sense. They did last year and like perfect example that that mid zone run game with James Cook. I mean that was that was working like a charm last Thursday. Yeah. Do they go back to that? I don't know if they do, but it's something the Jets are going to have to think about this week. And and one last note about the Jets Vikings game. The Jets in the red zone yesterday. 1 for 6. Yeah. 1 for 6. Um, we should get to the rest of these games because it pertains to our Twitter question. Steve chiefs Bengals. I know you watched a good amount of this Cincinnati. I'm just going to say it. They're going to be a problem for any defense and a defense like Kansas City's, which does not have a number one quarterback. It's an even bigger problem. The Bengals with Jamar chase T Higgins and Tyler Boyd have the best top three receiver combo in the conference and maybe the leak And with a quarterback like Joe Burrow, that's a problem. Yeah. They're good.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no two ways about it. That trio of receivers with Joe Burrow is a problem for everybody. They are really, really good. And then you've got P. Ryan, who's actually running really hard. Joe Mixon isn't even well. back yet. Yeah, Joe Mixon is an afterthought. Now, P. Ryan is really making the most of it. They they outplayed the Chiefs, no question about it. I'll say this, too, about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and this was brought to our attention against – Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and who's the other one? Uh, Mahomes is one and six in the last two years against those teams. Uh, the Chiefs are are not the same team on the road. Nobody is. Uh, the Bills fans would never know that because we never get a play em at home. We always get a play them in Kansas City. That was a game where the Cincinnati Bengals really
1: outplayed him for the entire game. Still struggled to beat him. It was a tight game. Tight game. Uh, Chiefs missed a 55 yarder to go up, mm-hmm. um, and then the Bengals came back, you know, and went ahead. And yeah, they ran the clock out, and and Joe Burrow
2: makes a an incredible throw on third and twelve. Or they team. were already ahead. Yeah, yeah. that was to tie. Sorry, but yeah, but it would have been to tie. Butler
1: usually makes those. I mean, yes, he does. I don't blame Andy Reid for trying to take that because he's this got throw, a big leg and he usually Even so, the it.
2: Bengals would have been in, in position to take the field goal, right a sh- very short field goal right there to win the game in the fourth quarter with that throw the that Brewers made.
1: That is maybe the most diverse offense in football, which is why it is so hard to defend. They are really good. Because you have premium talent at the top three receiver positions. You have a premium talent in mixing and running back. Um, now and the defense, the I think, is a little underrated. Here's the problem
2: with the Bengals: they are they're really good, but right now they're like, with the exception of Joe Mixon, but P Ryan's there, they're 100 percent healthy. That's a pro- if they start dropping guys out, that really hurts them. They yeah, do not have the depth this. to overcome it. And I'll say this too: they were five and four at one point.
1: Yeah. Now they're eight and
2: four on a three-game winning streak, and they are smoking hot.
1: They have won six of their last seven. And they won three of their last four games without Chase or Mixon in the lineup. Yeah. Think about that.
0: Well so,
2: That's true. The but three of their last four were against a struggling Pittsburgh team, fair, Carolina Panthers team, fair. and the Tennessee Titans who gave them a real game, but you know, the Titans now yeah. are
1: being exposed. So But that's gonna be
2: a Gigundo
1: it. game you got on do Monday it. night in week seventeen. Yes, it is. Bills at Cincinnati. Home field may be on the line. Could be. Um, Dolphins 49ers, Steve, before we go to break here. This was a game I watched from start to finish. I actually watched more of this game than Cincinnati, Kansas City. And Tua was off Sunday. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if it was because he didn't have his two starting offensive tackles who were out with injury, but he was sailing passes the whole game the highest-rated quarterback in the league, completed 18 of 33 passes. He had two long touchdowns, um, one to Shurfield, one to Tyreek Hill on a blown coverage, but not much else. And look, yes, they were playing the league's best defense, but Tua looked rattled in that game as the 49ers beat them with their third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, who was the last pick in the draft this past spring. And he threw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, All right, but here's the thing.
2: I get it. Miami was on a five-game winning streak right after a three-game losing streak where they lost to the Bengals, who we already said is a pretty good football team. They lost to the Jets big. And then they lost to Minnesota, who who doesn't have a really good defense. But then they beat a struggling Steelers team. They beat a Detroit team that's struggling, the Chicago Bears who are struggling, the Cleveland Browns who are struggling with Jacoby Brissett, and then they beat the Houston Texans. Okay, we all sit here and, and we all kind of make with Josh Allen and the Tua conversation. We were all have fun with, but they did they did not actually go on a five game winning streak against a murderer's row of a of a schedule. The Buffalo Bills have played the one of the hardest schedules in that league. The teams that the Bills have beaten or have played against have like fifty-four wins on the season. Yeah, they're it was a tough, tough road, and the Bills have been as as injured as any team in the league.
1: I'm just the Dolphins' defense is going to kill them in the playoffs. They are a shell of their former selves. Bradley Chubb is largely unimpressive. I realized he was going against an All-Pro tackle in Trent Williams yesterday. But he was almost he was like a non factor. I didn't even notice him yesterday. Yeah. The Bills have got the Bills, the the, the the teams
2: that the Bills have beaten have seventy eight wins on the season. Seventy eight. Yeah. Um
1: that's and it's only by continue. far,
2: by far the most of anybody in the conference except for Pittsburgh, you know, who you know have a only four thirty four winning percentage. So, you yeah. know they're struggling but the bills have by far the most difficult strength of schedule wins uh in the league in the and certainly in the conference the bills have gone through a, a really rough schedule of teams that have won a lot of games yeah. injured as much as any team in the league if not more than most teams in the league and they're at the number they have the number 1 seed so take a little heart in that now there's nothing's getting given to you you got to go out and play particularly in these last 5 games that are all important but, man, oh, man, the Bills are a little bit more battle-hardened than the Jets, than the Dolphins,
1: yep. uh, and any of the teams in the division. So, speaking of that conference race, we're asking you as our Twitter question today, do you feel differently about the Bills having the top seed at the end of the season than you did on Friday? Have your have your predictive fortunes for the Bills changed after what took place over the weekend compared to what you were thinking on Friday, after their win over the Patriots. You can let us know at 803 0550, 1 888 550 2550, or on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. We'll take your phone calls next, along with your tweets. And we got to get to some quarterback injury news around the league as well. We'll do that when we return here on One Bills Live.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets
2: between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. We told you we were going to get to the other part of the news that took place in Week 13 of the NFL over the weekend, and it was namely quarterback injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season with a broken foot, suffered in the game against the Dolphins early in that game, actually, and uh, went out on a cart, busted his foot. It's going to require surgery. He is done for the season. Uh, I thought he was lucky he didn't break his ankle the way his foot got caught under him um, while he was falling sideways. So not good. Yeah. Feel bad for him. And you wonder what the Niners do here. They did after the game, you know, they played Brock Purdy, the rookie who was the last pick in the draft in the spring. He played pretty well. All things considered Uh, all time leading passer in Iowa state history and played pretty well, but, I think it's safe to think that he's going to be somewhat limited going forward. They signed Josh Johnson off the Broncos practice squad to their active roster. He will serve as a backup, presumably going forward, until he gets a handle on the offense, and then who knows from there. Josh Johnson is the biggest nomad quarterback this side of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's played for 14 NFL clubs. Has he actually taken snaps for 14? Has taken snaps for 14 NFL clubs. So he's, wow. he's been around. This is not his first time with San Francisco bless, either. Bless <laughs> he's been there heart. before. That is awesome. So, uh,
2: that is all. Is that a, like a, gotta be a record. it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's a record. gotta be. So, Oh my
1: God. So Josh Johnson is the current backup in San Francisco. Other injuries at the quarterback position yesterday Tua suffered an ankle injury in that game, but it's considered minor. He is expected to start against the chargers this coming week in LA. Incidentally, The Dolphins are spending the week on the West Coast. They played San Fran yesterday. Head coach Mike McDaniel decided they would spend the entire week out on the West Coast instead of flying back to Miami, only to fly back out to L.A. to play the Chargers this weekend. That makes some sense. So they're staying out there, presumably in L.A., for the week before they play the Chargers in Week 14. Lamar Jackson suffers a knee injury. Ravens coach John Harbaugh said his injury is not season-ending But it could be days to weeks before Jackson plays again. And immediately, there are people out there that are saying, hmm, should have got a contract done before the season. So the interesting thing is the play looks rather innocuous, but his knee jams hard into the ground. Right.
2: So that's interesting about what kind of thing that would be, maybe a PCL or something, but uh, instead of an ACL. What it's not good. What, a dra- what drama? Because that's a guy who held out, didn't want, didn't like the, the deal they offered him. He's a a former MVP of the NFL at the most important position in the NFL, and he's young.
1: They offered him two hundred fifty million. That was the last contract, and it offered. probably wasn't one hundred percent guaranteed. Which it was why, not, which
2: is why he didn't take and it. And it was
1: on the heels of the Deshaun Watson deal, which was two hundred thirty million guaranteed. For a guy with criminal, well, not criminal charges, but a myriad of civil charges against right. him. Um and so Lamar Jackson's like, yo, Cleveland's giving this guy 230 million guaranteed. I'm better. I'm better, I'm a better person. Right. And uh I'm a better, you know, just about everything. Right. You know, leader, etc. I'm an MVP. Not, he's not a better passer. He's an MVP. John Washington is a better passer. Uh, he led the league in passing the last year he played a full season. Deshaun uh, so, Watson on a bad Texans yeah. team, but so, anyway, here's the thing, though he said no, thank you, and you okay, know you Brownie. bet on yourself, Brownie, job security. What do you do if you're the Ravens? What do you do? Well, they have to sign him because they are a lot worse without him in all likelihood. Unless you feel, Absolutely. unless you're convinced that what you can get in the draft this year is better than Lamar Jackson you have to sign him to a contract extension. Look They're, what the Arizona Cardinals did. They signed Kyler Murray to an extension as soon as he was able. Cuz you got to be 3 years out of your rookie deal before you right. can sign a second contract. They did it immediately. D- with, with, and with, how's that and going? a lot of people a lot of people believe
2: that's the wrong he's the wrong guy. I'll I put mean, my hand up on that. He's a good guy, he's not the right guy. You know what I'm saying? But because so, there is, they're because so it, hard to find, yeah. people, just, people just do it. You don't, listen, If you, we've been Look there. with the Browns we, did. Listen, the Bills lived there for two decades. You can't find the guy. Yeah. Now, now, the landscape is a little different these days with guys changing teams a lot these days, a lot more than they did in decades past. But man, oh man, if you don't have that guy, your entire organization is obsessed with that problem. The whole organization, top to bottom, is obsessed. And and they should be. They have to be. So you got Lamar, who is a double-edged sword of a problem at quarterback. For
1: defenses. Yeah.
2: And also for your organization. A, he's an MVP. B, he's hurt again. MVP
1: unavailable. Yeah, hurt. Definitely is a problem for his value because he got hurt last year, as we remember. I think he only played in nine games, and hurt
2: an uh, MVP unavailable. Yeah. That's a problem. Big paycheck,
1: useless. Yeah. So to think, so if Lamar Jackson thinks he's getting a fully guaranteed contract, I think he's going to be sadly mistaken because unless the Ravens the- are going to come to him and they're going to say, "Hey, look." We love you as a player. You're our franchise guy. You're our leader. But you have to understand what we're up against here. You've missed umpteen number of games in the last two seasons alone. Right. And you're a 24-year-old guy. What's what's going to happen when you're 28? Right. You're going to get less injured? That's right. When you're not as fast and, you know
2: what I mean, you're not running around like you are now? But for now let's talk about Lamar. Lamar's sitting there going, listen, if you don't give it to me, somebody's going to. And I ain't signing it unless it's guaranteed. So I'm gonna, I'll am go one year to year to year to year to year because sooner or later I'm going to hit the free agent market. and I might do it when I'm 26. So you just sit there and stew. I'm going to pull a Kirk Cousins and I'm going to hit a home run year after year after year. Because he can do that. Because yeah. Baltimore's not moving off him. They'll franchise him.
1: Right. They'll have to. Yeah, it's, it's going to get messy. That's why you got to take care of this. Cause and that's why Arizona did what they did. Take care of it early so we don't have to worry about it. And, oh, now, they, they might were. not be happy with the returns. But at least they got it two years down the road,
2: you know, in the past where the money didn't escalate more. The salary cap's being reported as going up to 220 this, this year, 2023. But they got their, the, Arizona's got their guy tied up. The Bills have their guy tied up. The Chiefs have their guy tied up. Cincinnati's looking at their guy going, well, okay, we got to get our guy tied up.
1: Yep. So that, that's the issue uh, for Baltimore. It's, it's a problem that has only gotten bigger. And then there's the Baker Mayfield news today. <laughs> Baker sorry, Mayfield asked for and has been granted his release from the Carolina Panthers. Does Baker Mayfield get picked up off waivers by anybody? He's only about a million on your cap the rest of the season if you claim him. 1.3. We just mentioned the injuries that took place around the league. It is hard for a player to parachute in with a little over a month left in the season and expect him to contribute in any meaningful way. Do you think he gets claimed by somebody? No. So then you expect him to become a, fully, a full free agent at that point? Yep. Man.
2: How fast could he get ready to play for the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, hard to say. How fast could he get ready to play for the Ravens? Yeah.
1: I I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Or
2: to that. or you know, take your pick. New Orleans, somebody's looking for a, a QB all of a sudden, right? Denver. <laughs> Think about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a mess you know there's all these there's at least teams that have problems right now the Houston Texans yeah, you know I don't know I, the the Indianapolis Colts did you see that debacle last night? Oh my goodness right. that, that's their season's already over 33 unanswered points in the fourth quarter alone by the Dallas Cowboys and now it, and I and I love the way it happens it, it, now all of a sudden because Matt Ryan, and the Indianapolis Colts caught – I mean, they absolutely puked the ball and the game away last night to the Cowboys. But they don't – the Cowboys don't get any – you know, they don't get – they get nothing but credit for doing that to the Indianapolis Colts, when in actuality it's the Indianapolis Colts with a with a drinking buddy of the owners as a head coach who just absolutely couldn't get out of their own way. But now all of a sudden, the Cowboys are an unbeatable force, unstoppable force. Yeah, which, they're the media I mean? darling here exactly. on Armchair Quarterback they, in, Monday. In the in the prisoner of the moment world we live in on social media, the Dallas Cowboys are now the NFC favorites because they're you know they're now going to be what nine and three like the Bills are.
1: Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. We got to take a break here. We, but, we, were uh, down, we were in the weeds there for a minute. We Sorry. were. It's okay. That's allowed, <clears throat> especially on a Monday coming off a. Of weekend when the bill's in play we will take a break here we do want to remind you coming up at the top of the hour about 15 minutes from now we will have nfl network's michael robinson joining us for his weekly appearance here on the show and third hour of the program we will have our colleague maddie glab joining us with some maddie awards for week 13 all of that coming your way next here on one bills live presented by collider health it's buffalo bills radio All right, back here on One Bills Live. We're going to get right to the phones here as we're asking you with our Twitter conversation. Uh, Well, we'll get to the Twitter conversation in a second. I have to tell you about Snapdragon apples, Steve. Okay? Bills tickets, check. Face paint, check. Your favorite apple with the epic crunch, Snapdragon apples, are available now at Wegmans. Fuel your day with Snapdragon apples, the official Apple. Of your Buffalo Bills. I just finished one during the break. I know. You've been, it was I, fantabulous. It, looked, it sounded great. <clears throat> um, Twitter question, as we said. Do you feel differently about the Bills having the top seed at the end of the season than you did on Friday? Do you feel differently now after seeing all that happened and all the help that the Bills got over the weekend than you did on Friday after their win over the Patriots? You can let us know. We go to the phones at 803 803- Oh five fifty, and leading us off today is judy in buffalo what do you got for us judy
0: you know our offense is looking sort of porous lately i, I would like you to tell me about the status of doyle
2: becker cummer and crowder do we have any help coming because you know our only hope going forward is this offense you know our We've got, according to yesterday, you've got to be able to score 30,
0: 35 points to beat these teams. So, what do you, what do you know about these guys?
2: Well, first of all, Judy, you're right. Um, it's an offensive league, but I think the Bills' defense is better than most defenses in the league. And that's, you do get some help from this defense that other teams can't lean on. San Francisco is a perfect example. They won against the Dolphins yesterday because of their defense. Um, you get teams like Baltimore. Um, struggling offensively, be you know against a, what is a pretty good defense, I guess. So for the Broncos, for yeah. the Broncos, um, you teams with good defenses are in a better spot, and you you don't need to score thirty thirty five points for teams when you've got a defense like that. And the Bills are one of those teams, so I get what it looks like when you look around. But the Dolphins, <clears throat> as I said. Dolphins struggled against a really good defense yesterday in San Francisco. The Jets cause problems for people because of their defense. Um, So while you're right, the Bills' offense hasn't looked as shiny and bright as it has at times before. During earlier in the season. Uh, Don't think the Bills can't win games because they are a total package. Philadelphia is a great example of exactly what the Bills are. Uh, Cincinnati – is a team like Buffalo where they got a defense that's really aggressive and athletic? So the teams with the good defenses get help and they hold other teams off the board a little bit more than what you're giving them credit for. But right. I will say this: <laughs> I, 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 wish we had three guys like the Bengals do. You know, That receiver, yeah. Chase, Chase, uh, Chase Daniels, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. I'm sorry, Jamar Chase, T, T. Higgins, Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Tyler Boyd can go. And you'd love to have three guys like that. And right now, you know, we're still kind of waiting for Gabe Davis to feel out his number two receiver role. They're still looking for Isaiah McKenzie and Shakir, uh, Khalil Shakir, to, to kind of emerge for the Bills. Maybe they will, but certainly the Bills' run game
1: has taken a load off of that, and, and their defense continues to help this offense. As for the injuries that you were wondering about, Tommy Doyle's out for the year, torn ACL, done, not coming back. Um, Ike Butker. Has a chance to return. He started practicing last week. You know, he's basically a guard type. Um, Then you have Deion Dawkins. We hope to find out more about his injury status later this afternoon when Coach McDermott addresses the media. And Kumaro Kumaro is on IR right now. They can take him off uh, after he hits four games. So they're waiting on that. Crowder has a chance to come back at the end of the season. Coach McDermott said he would not close the door on a possible return for him at the end of the year. He, too, is on IR. And then Von Miller, you know, is going to miss at least the next three games before even the possibility exists of him trying to play with the lateral meniscus injury that he sustained. So I think that's the run of it for the most part. We have to take a break here because when we come back, we're going to be joined by Michael Robinson, NFL Network Analyst, And member of the Bills Mafia joins us for his weekly appearance here next on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio.